Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure that I welcome you all back to Talking Numbers for 2021. It was our number one podcast to the accounting industry in 2020, and we were super excited about that. My name is Paul Jansen. Welcome back. We hope you all enjoyed the 2020 series of Talking Numbers as we really delved a little bit deeper into some amazing stories from some amazing guests. And the whole idea from this podcast was to continually share ideas, thoughts, and to produce, you know, really produce that educational side of what can you start doing in your firm and your business to take it to the next level. Today, I've got a very special guest that I'm chatting to, and his name is Wade Kingsley, founder and CEO of The Ideas Business. Wade, welcome to Talking Numbers. Thank you, Paul. And I talk creativity all day long, so I'm really glad to be talking numbers for a change. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So what we're going to do today is, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to combine the numbers with the creativity stuff. And, um, you know, Wade's business is called The Ideas Business. We're going to delve a little bit deeper into that. And we're going to talk to everyone around some of the key things, statistics, research around how the creative side can come out in your business. And I know I've worked in the accounting industry for 20 odd years. And I know that's something that, you know, to be fair to all of our great friends in the accounting industry, they're more analytical based than they are creative based. But we're going to bring some new thought process to that. Um, Wade, first of all, mate, it was a 2020, very interesting 2020 for everybody, certainly for us here in Melbourne and Victoria. Um, how have you been and how's the things, how are things looking towards 2021? Well, I think like a lot of people, Paul, I've come back from the summer break with a sense of optimism. Yep. Uh, I think that is reflected in the marketplace. I don't think I'm a lone ranger there. I think that uh, everyone's had a bit of a break. They've probably got to do what they didn't get to do beforehand, which was go and see family and friends and, and have a bit of a break and recharge. So um, from a personal perspective, I'm very much looking forward to the year. And from a professional perspective, I've noticed clients seem to have a lot of optimism and, and um, possibility about the year ahead. Yeah, look, I, I, I tend to agree. I think the great thing about it is it's allowed us to reset, realign. Um, I think, you know, think about certainly us for Victoria. You know, I've got a lot of, you know, we've got an office up in Brisbane and you know, I was up on the Gold Coast for six days over Chrissy and, you know, the new year and they weren't really affected. But down here, I think it, it, it's, it's allowed us to really think about what's really important to us. And I think you mentioned it, friends and family, quality friends and family. Um, so that, that's been really good for me personally as well to then reset for 2021. Um, mate, let's talk about what you do and why you do it. Is it okay if you go into a little bit more detail about that? Absolutely. So, um, well, the ideas business really comes about because we believe that ideas do change the world and um, we see a role to help people create them. So there, there are things in the creative services industry called creative agencies where they basically you go to them with a problem and usually through the marketing context, they will create a creative solution for you. Um, we're not about the ones that create the ideas. We're the ones that help your team get better at doing it themselves. And um, I kind of liken it to kind of like leadership coaching. You know, if, if you're in an organisation where you've had someone come in as a consultant or as a leadership coach, um, their job is to help your leaders be better leaders. They, they don't go yes. doing the leading yes. in your organisation for you. Um, and I've often believed that the best way to grow um, organisations is through creativity. And I made a decision when I started the business nearly four years ago that I, I didn't want to be the guy that everyone went to and said, oh, look, can you come up with some ideas for us? So I wanted to be the guy that went into an organisation, helped them improve their creative competency, understand the benefit of creative problem solving, no matter what industry they're in, 
and um, and then and leave them uh, with increased competency of their team. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Look, and, it, and it's, it's a funny thing. I still remember. I, I think I'm trying to look at my bookshelf here, which doesn't help because we're on audio only. So sorry, everyone. <laughs> but uh, I've got a book, and I'm pretty sure it's called the Google Story. And I know Google used to do this really well. I know the founders. Um, you know, the boys, uh, they, they allow, I think up to five to 10% of the working time for creativity and some of the, the great ideas that have been generated for Google as a business, because they've allowed that have been quite phenomenal. So, uh, if I can find it, but, I, but I, that triggered me as you were saying that. So, um, you may know that or may not know that either, but, uh, so, so you're talking more of a, you know, coming from a coaching background as well, I coached the account industry for 20 years. Um, you're talking about a creative coach, similar to what you said before with leadership. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it sort of stems from the core belief that everyone is creative. You know, I, yeah. I often start my workshops and sessions by asking people for a show of hands and saying who here thinks they're creative. And, and, and it's a bit of an unfair question, uh, but I do it on purpose because what happens is the people that raise their hands and say they are creative, are actually not really saying they're more creative than others. But what they're saying is they're more confident to say that they are. So it's really, it's a confidence question rather than a creative capability question. Because as kids, we're all creative. You know, we all start the same journey, even though we all have varied childhoods, yes. depending on, um, you know, socioeconomic factors yep. and, and family factors. But the reality is as children, we have these innate abilities to create, to uncover, to discover, to be curious, um, which, which, what happens is a lot of people then carry them through to schooling. And then at some point in the journey, society sorts you out and says, well, you are creative, therefore you should go into the arts yeah. and you should learn music or whatever. Or no, I'm sorry, you're not creative, therefore you should think about something like, you know, law or maths or accounting or something. So yes. I just I just think that's all rubbish. I, I just, I've never believed that. And, um, and, and unfortunately, there are plenty of opportunities through life where, as I said, society sorts you into you are creative or not creative, and we buy into it. So part of the, the task for me is to, you know, in a coaching role, is to first get some acceptance from people that I'm working with that creativity is a skill we all have. And, and I kind of equate it a lot to being an athlete, um, which is why the coaching moniker is kind of quite accurate. If I wanted to wake up tomorrow morning and, and run the New York Marathon, I couldn't just do that. I couldn't just go, okay, well, I'm going to go enter and, and, and go this year. Uh, not, not for the least of which I probably couldn't get to New York. <laughs> but for, hear me out on the analogy. Um, what I'd have to do is I'd have to start by walking. So the very first thing I'm going to do is start walking. Then I'm going to turn the walking into jogging. Then I'm going to turn the jogging into running. And then I've got to increase my running speeds and increase my um, resistance and ability to, to, to keep going. But we think of creativity as something you either have or don't have. So what happens is many people don't even start the walk. They go, well, I'm not creative. I'm just going to leave that to someone who is really good at that. And, and that guy over there, he's a good athlete, good creative athlete. I'll, I'll, I'll outsource my creativity. But we've all got the ability to walk. Um, in, in the metaphorical sense, um, in a creative sense, it's about learning the skills that creative athletes, those marathon runners do and practice regularly. It's about learning what they are. It's about improving on them and practicing them and getting things wrong and trying things. Um, and that's the role that I play as a creative coach is to help teams uh, primarily, but also one-on-one -on -one people gain that confidence to know they can do it. Yeah, brilliant. Look, I, I, I really... I suppose as a dad, you sort of resonate with the comments that you made before. Uh, I've got three boys. 
So how your thought process that you just mentioned before, and you know, we all come up with that creative side. So I agree with you, which is fantastic. Mate, you also mentioned an interesting word before, which is about workshop. Yep. So let's let's maybe use this as a bit of a, you know, I suppose these podcasts to me are all about educating our listeners, which is great. And I know a lot of people throughout 2020 have already told us that they've enjoyed it so much. So we talk about, let's, let's talk about some outcomes. Um, whether they be an accounting firm, whether it be an SME, uh, an accounting firm is an SME at the end of the day. So what are some of the outcomes, if we could three or four or five, what are some of the outcomes that someone would gain from a creative coach? Well, I think from in a in a workshop perspective or, or having a creative coaching session is what what I'm essentially trying to build in people is the recognition and acceptance that creativity is not something that you don't have personally. Um, we start there, then we move into building some awareness that creativity is a skill, uh, and like any muscle, you can in, you can improve it with practice, um, and it's not just something that you. Uh, instantly become gifted at because you crack some code. There are some things that creative people who have been creative people for a long time do really well. Um, there's a hell of a lot of research around it. I, I'm a little bit of a, a numbers nerd myself, despite the fact I operate more in the creative space. I'm very much about, um, you know, growth and return on investment. And, and I try and marry up the numbers around creativity and the research around creativity with the practice. Um, and so in a workshop environment, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get people to get past that acknowledgement, get into some understanding that it is a skill that can be learned and then start teaching some of those skills. And the, the three core principles I sort of work around um, based on a, a massive amount of research and evidence on, on creative behaviour uh, is there are three core strengths, as I call them, uh, for these creative champions, the, the, the marathon runners, you know, what, what do those guys do that that anyone else can do if they apply themselves? And the first core strength is curiosity. Um, you know, curiosity is one of those things that, again, we're born with. And you mentioned you've got three boys, anyone with kids, and I've got two myself, knows that one thing kids are really good at is asking questions. Um, and sometimes they ask, you know, 87,000 questions a day. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I've got a, an 11 year old and a nine year old. So the question, the questions are starting to get a little bit hairy now. Um, and yep. uh, they're asking about things that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going, Oh, go and ask your mother about that one. Um, but there are lots of questions that kids ask. And what tends to happen, of course, is we get into professional life and we, we get told that curiosity is bad. You know, the, the, the stupid saying that curiosity killed the cat and you'll get in trouble for being curious and, and, you know, curiosity is something that you don't want to display because it shows your ignorance. All of that is wrong. And, and what the great creative minds do, those marathon runners, is they keep that curiosity alive from childhood into adulthood. They're, they're interested in lots of stuff. It's why if you think about someone you know that you might go, gee, I really think that person is highly creative based on whatever metric you're using. You're just assessing them as being creative. It's why they'll be interested in a lot of varied things. They might be interested in, in Renaissance art, heavy metal music, cooking, um, accounting, potentially, you know, that they've got lots of varied interests. But what that's a demonstration of is they've kept the curiosity breadth because kids are interested in everything because they don't know anything. But as we, as we grow up, of course, we, we naturally become a bit more time poor and we focus in on the things that we are interested in. So if you're interested in scuba diving, then you'll listen to every scuba diving podcast and look at every website and, and go, you know, hell bent on the depth of scuba diving. But you want to keep the breath. You want to, you want to find ways to stay interested in more things. So the first area we focus on in our workshops is how do you keep the breadth of curiosity? What, what things can you do? How can you ask better questions? How can you 
um, help define problems that you're trying to solve in business. The second strength is connections, um, which is kind of like one of the hidden ingredients of, of creativity. It was Steve Jobs himself that said, creativity is just connecting things. Um, you know, creative people feel a bit um, embarrassed because they don't actually create anything. They just see things. You know, and, yes. and, and Jobs himself famously connected uh, personal computing with great design. You know, before that, yes. personal computers didn't look beautiful. They just functionally worked. But he said, well, hang on, 100%. hang on, why can't they be like this? And, and so what he took his curiosity around design and connected it up with um, personal computing. But everywhere you look around you, th there is actually no such thing as a new idea. E everything exists already. And what, what creative minds do really well is connect up things that haven't yet been connected. And they appear new and they appear original but the reality is there are they are interpretations of things that already exist and the final thing we work on is something we call courage because you know i don't know about you paul but there's lots of people i know that have brilliant ideas but never share them um they never get off the ground you know there's people who wander around with things in their head and if only that would work or if only someone would give me some money to do that i could get that idea off the ground or maybe it's a side hustle um and, and so we work on that third um core strength being courage because what the great creative marathon runners do these these elite creative champions is they actually go out there with the intent of trying to change the industry they're in the job they're in the world they're in um, and they have the courage to do it because what they know is that if it doesn't work they've got that core competency of creating solutions that can fall back on to create something different um, so they will try things they'll they'll be more um, they'll be less risk averse, more adventurous in trying things. And, and that combination of those three core strengths, the curiosity, connections and the courage is what we focus on in our workshops. Because at the end of the day, you might think, well, hang on, we're not a creative business. What does it apply to us? But the reality is creativity is simply problem solving. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And, and you know, like um, I've seen a lot of different businesses uh, do it through I don't know, teamwork, collaboration, these sorts of things as well. So What's been your experience in, and I think you sort of mentioned it before, um, being most of our listeners will be accountants, so return on investment. What's been some of the growth in revenues? Well, that's a gr I'm glad you brought that up because this, this is actually the reason I started my business. So I, I spent 20 years in, in the media and marketing space where creativity abounds. You know, there's, there's certainly no shortage of creativity yeah. in media, advertising, marketing. Um, and so, and so, so the insight that I had was, well, if one industry does this so well, and it's sort of like the... The, the, the table stakes of the industry is to have a creative mindset. Why couldn't other industries do this? So I was kind of a bit entrepreneurial with my own thinking around this, but I also knew that if I'm going to talk to industries that aren't naturally uh, adverse at buying into creativity as a practice, I'm going to have to have some data. I'm going to have to have some research. And my initial thought was I'm going to have to commission a whole big study around this to try and work out the effectiveness. Lo and behold, there's a lot of uh, evidence out there around um, what we call the creative dividend, you know, how creativity, right. how creativity actually does impact business results, no matter which industry you're in. And, and the core study that kind of set my business in motion was done by Forrester Consulting uh, back in 2014. And it, it, it really addressed the fact that creativity is a bit of an intangible characteristic. Um, however, a lot of companies aim to sort of cultivate that, whether it's position as creativity or it's about fostering innovation or it's about, um, attracting exceptional talent or solving customer problems in different ways. Um, and, and what that study found was that 
um, despite the perceived benefits of creativity, the vast majority of companies did not see their own company as creative. So that they bought into the, the notion that there were potentially benefits, but they just couldn't see themselves as that. Interesting. And then what happened was they actually spoke to um, a large number of firms across all different categories. So, you know, accounting was one of them, but there was, you know, law firms, design firms, finance, you know, acro- across the more professional services sort of sectors. Um, and they found that the companies that foster creativity did achieve exceptional revenue growth more than their peers. Um, and in the study that they did, um, they said that the, the firms that compared year-on-year revenues, they actually could attribute revenues revenue growth of 10% or more um, to creative endeavours. Now, those creative endeavours could be anything from um, what would be traditionally creative, which is the, the effort to attract customers through marketing campaigns and advertising, but internal creative endeavors you know we've done this process you know abc a certain way for so long because that's just the way you do it okay that let's attack that problem differently let's apply some lateral thinking to that problem it's an internal problem it's a process issue but because we applied creative thinking to solve that process issue it improved our bottom line by this much or because we um employed creativity in terms of our recruitment process uh we were able to um win better recognition as, as a great place to work. We had higher retention rates, um, et cetera. So, so what I was really encouraged by was this mashup of creativity and, and business results, as I say, the creative dividend. There is evidence base out there, um, and, and Forrester was just one of many studies that I found that basically said the same thing. If you, if you recognise that creativity is problem-solving, and as a business, every business in the world's job is to solve a problem for a customer, if you're solving that problem for the customer, you are in the business of problem solving. If you apply more of a creative filter to how you solve problems, internal, external, any any areas of the business, then you will see a, uh, a return on investment. And I thought that was quite fantastic. Absolutely. How good is that? And again, um, you know, throughout 2020, uh, with all of our guests on our podcast, you know, we spoke about it. You know, I suppose the one thing that I spoke about was, I call them little golden nuggets. Now, to all of you that are listening and, you know, we're back for 21, bigger and better than ever. Uh, this is about, again, your little golden nuggets. So the key things that Wade's been talking about there for probably in the last, I know we've been going for about 15 minutes, but probably in particular that, that last five minutes, so good. And this is where the great thing is you can easily drag your little cursor back and re-listen <laughs> to this and retake your notes. And that's the great thing that I get out of podcasts as well. I've got the ability to go back and uh, write what did that mean? Let me rewrite that. And so if you're in the car or if you're at your desk, continue to do that, please, because that's ideally what we'd love to do to continue to bring this to you. Um, mate, fantastic. Now, one of the things I'm going to talk about, I, I saw a, a post recently where I want to talk about Bill Gates, um, obviously Microsoft, one of the largest companies in the world. Um, what does Bill Gates talk about? And I think the post might have been from you even where he talks about some some most critical skills and in order to succeed in your career was it is that correct yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was asked a question um by uh ink magazine uh ink.com is the website and he was asked about um skills that students will need to know to thrive in in that's future, right. future work yeah. so it's kind, it kind of getting him to look forward into the years sort of you know 2030 and beyond um which obviously in you know pandemic time we're, we're lucky to see what's happening next week but um he, he was asked he was asked to get out the crystal ball and say look what what's the what are the what's the one thing you'd say that today's students need to know and and he said it was about curiosity um he said and this is his quote for the curious learner 
these are the best of times because your ability to constantly refresh your knowledge, either with podcasts or lectures that are online, is better than ever. And, you know, this podcast is a, is a great example of that, is that the people, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, Paul and my assumption is that you actually are interested in learning. That's the first place to start with curiosity. You've got to cultivate it. Oh. Um, you've got to have that growth mindset. And what I found really interesting too, Paul, is, is with the accounting industry, um, when you look at things like the World Economic Forum's um, Future of Jobs report, which was released in October of, of this year, just gone, 2020, if you look at the top three emerging skills that, that employers in Australia say they want, so this is an Australian um, up slice of the of the survey. The top three emerging skills are analytical thinking and innovation, active learning and learning strategies, and critical thinking and analysis. Now, those those three things: analytical think, analytical thinking, innovation, active learning and learning strategies, and critical thinking analysis are the top three emerging skills identified as being high demand within organisations in Australia. So, employers want it. So, even if you're listening to this and you're currently run a business or you're an accountant in a in a business. Uh, that's not owned by you, employers are looking for these skills. Now, what was also interesting in that report were the top three emerging and redundant job roles. The top three emerging job roles were uh, information security analysts, data analysts, um, anything around AI and machine learning. But the top yes. three redundant job roles, I'm sad to say, were data entry clerks, administrative and executive secretaries, and accounting, bookkeeping, and payroll clerks. Now, without sending too much of a scare amongst your audience, this is because of course, <laughs> that the, the assumption being made by employers is if there is a machine that can do that job, then the machine will end up doing that job. 100%. But what, but what machines haven't been able to crack yet, and, and hopefully they don't for a long time, is human human creativity and human curiosity. Yes. Um, you can tell a machine to go and find an answer to a question, but the assumption is the human has um, made the scope of the inquiry. But what you want to be able to do as a human is be great at being curious, is to have that appetite for problem solving, to be able to have those skills around analytical thinking, critical thinking. Um, and they are skills you can develop. You, you, you can't just sort of opt out of this. You can't say, well, I'm no good at that, so my, my job's going to go by the way of the machine and that'll be it. You can actually improve analytical thinking, critical thinking skills by learning critical thinking frameworks. Um, and that's a lot of the work that we do is helping people understand growth mindset frameworks, um, lateral thinking, divergent thinking, um, looking at way, different ways of approaching problem solving. Um, again, creativity is problem solving. Um, so you just need to try and learn the skills that help you be a better problem solver. And then to an employer, or if you are an employer, your employees will be better able to anticipate customer needs and solve their problems ahead of time. Absolutely brilliant. Um, mate, one of the things that in 2020, one of the, probably one of our last we run virtual lunches and we run another show as well, but I'm trying to think of which one it was. Um, I'm going to talk about leadership for a second here because I'm, I'm hoping that a number of people, whether you own the business or whether you're not, you can still have a leadership mindset. And that's something that I've always believed in. You don't have to be a owner of the business to be a leader. You can just be a leader. Um, yep. How important is it? Because one of the things or the, the topics we spoke about, certainly in accounting and tech, and I think, um, Shout outs to our friends at Zero and Fred, shout out to our friends at, you know, at APS Reckon as well. I had Sam Allett from APS Reckon and Trent Innes from Zero um, on a panel last year. And we were talking about how leadership may and will have to change and the importance of technology within that. Now, they're two of the two tech giants within our accounting industry. 
How important is leadership and call it creative leadership going to be moving forward? Look, I think it's going to be really important because, again, you know, if you think of if you think of what creative leadership means in the context of creativity, essentially being defined as um, the ability to see solutions that haven't yet been created. Let, let's just call it that. Yes, is that what you want to be able to have? Is at a leadership level, you want to be able to have two things. You want to have the competency yourself to be able to um, try and anticipate problems that need to be solved and try and create multiple solutions for that because if one thing COVID has taught us it's the agility um skill so that is, is the most valuable right so yeah. you, you you can't rely on old models of the past you can't say well listen five years ago we had this problem and here's how we solved it because essentially that's not being particularly creative that's just repeating you know sort of a rinse and repeat model and 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 you might have been able to get away with that previously what COVID has done is upended that and you can go okay well we've got this problem it's a similar problem that our customers have had in the past However, how we're going to solve this problem requires some creative thinking and some different approaches. And so as a leader, what you want to be able to do is define the problem to be solved. And, and, to, and that's sort of the core skill set of the leader. But then the second thing is setting the culture is to try and encourage people to be able to understand that failure is an important part of, of creativity, um, is to, to make allowance for the fact that people will make mistakes um, and mis making mistakes are, are fantastic because they will learn from those. Obviously, you don't want to make a mistake on a $100 million account, um, you know, that could cost you the business, but you might yep. want to experiment with some, with some people who have the appetite or clients that have the appetite for some experimentation. So you do measure, uh, do it in a measured way and, and, find, um, and, and find ways to do it. But it's important to set the culture up for your team as people feeling confident that they can think about those solutions. If we go back to what we said at the start, it's about, you know, the people in the room putting their hands up going, I don't, I'm not creative. The, the answer to that question is I don't feel confident to, to say it. What we want to be able to do as leaders is build a culture where people feel confident to use their creativity. That's half the problem solved. Then what you can do is then provide environments, settings, um, you know, test and learn uh, frameworks, anything that helps people understand that you actually encourage them to try things because you just never know where it might lead. And my favourite trying thing story, you never know where it might lead, um, is is uh, about the invention of the microwave oven. Um, so the guy that invented that, whose name just escapes me as we talk now, but he, he, in the 1950s, he was fiddling around with something called the magnetron. And, and basically what happened was he had a number of things in his pocket, um, uh, chocolate, you know, candies and other things. And he noticed what happened when he was using this magnetron device is the chocolate melted. Um, but it didn't sort of change the, the structure of other plastic or other things in his pocket. And he thought, that's a bit weird. Um, and the, the lightning bolt came, the, the famous aha moment came, when he had some corn in his pocket and it started right. popping. Right. And, and, so, and so that accidental playing around led to the discovery of what we now know, obviously, as the microwave oven. Um, and and he, he wasn't set on the intent of inventing the microwave. You know, his mission wasn't, I need to create a way for people to read yes. last night's dinner. Yes. Um, he, he basically he basically went about it because he was on another path. You know, and Einstein was good about this too. Einstein was constantly keeping a lot of balls in the air, trying things, yes. experimenting. And you don't have to be a scientist. You know, in, in the accounting no. field, there'll be processes and practices that you've just done because that's the way it's always been done. Yep. The challenge yep. is to set up an environment where people can go, hey, I feel confident that I can try something 
it might work, it might not, and you just never know what you might discover. The, the journey of discovery is important as a solution itself. No, I agree, agree. I think from memory, um, was it was it Percy Spencer or something? It was Percy Spencer. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Percy yeah, Spencer. Yeah. 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 yeah, there you go. So, so yeah, I think there was a couple there that. Um, oh, look, again, very, very, really good analogy. So that's so. With that though, um, is it is it is it fair to assume it can be taught and then executed as well? So I'm, I'm assuming it can be taught. Yeah, absolutely. Look, what what you can do with any skill set, right? Is, is is if you think of creativity as a skill um, that you can learn is then it's down to the application and the endeavour of the individual. So yeah. you can, yeah. you, can you, know, you could teach me today to be a better golfer um, and I would absolutely love that because I do need to improve my handicap. <laughs> uh, however, at the end of the day, the, the actual the muscle memory, the work is going to come down to me. Um, so what, what we try and do is, is, is get people past the, the incorrect assumption that creativity is not something you can learn. There are skills that you can do to improve your creative competency, your problem-solving competency help you be a better lateral thinker, help you solve problems in different ways. And then like the marathon runner example, it's about practice. You know, it's about you doing these things more often, learning by your mistakes and being able to do it. So it absolutely can be taught. Um, and that, that's kind of the primary role that we play is educating people on those skill sets, showing them how they work, um, providing stories and examples where they have worked and, and then and letting people then go from there. Brilliant. Mate, um, it's, it's been awesome. Again, plenty of golden nuggets there. In closing, what's a piece of advice that you can share with our listeners? Um, maybe it's something from last year. Maybe it's something that you've taken from some of your your own experience, personal experiences in your own business or clients, good or bad. Is there something you could, that you'd love to leave our listeners with? Well, I think one thing that last year did teach me, well, probably didn't teach me, just reminded me because I'd always believed in it. But, you know, I think what happens in like COVID, like everyone, you kind of have that initial panic moment you know I, it's very hard for me to even remember back to march last year but i do remember a particular week where i went from monday having seven clients to friday having one mm. and then thinking right okay so this isn't going well <laughs> um however i take confidence in the fact that it's not going well for anyone I'm, it's nothing i'm doing it's it's the market around me and so what i had to do in that moment was take my own medicine and go how do i solve this problem um, you know, I can't just accept that it is what it is, so I can't do anything about it. Um, creativity finds a way. And it was about trying to go, okay, so how can I solve this problem? And as a result of sitting back and going, what can I do? I, I moved from an in-person consultancy and workshop model to an online virtual workshop and e-learning program, which I created. So mm -hmm. I basically got to work, got on the tools and, and created a, a program called The Creative Coach. Um, which is um, basically an online learning program where for 30 lessons, 10 minutes a day, you can improve your creative fitness by, by doing some exercises around creativity. Um, I got to work on that. Um, so I really kind of, you know, the advice I gave myself was, you know, how can you solve the problem? Ne never think problems can never be solved because it just takes someone to actively believe that creativity is critical because, as I said at the start, ideas are really the only thing that ever have and ever will change the world. How good's that? Mate, um, thank you. Um, again, decided to kick off the year with something a little bit different, maybe a little bit left field, but something really, really important, I think, is we... I'm using this term reset and realign. I think that's really how I think about it. So I think it gives everyone the opportunity out there to, to really think about this and say, what do I need to start doing and start 
thinking differently um, and I suppose using that different type of muscle and that memory muscle, I suppose. So, Wade, thanks very much. Um, you know, there's some great lot of little nuggets there that you've shared, um, even to the point where, you know, some comments or some thoughts from uh, Bill Gates, who we, we all should look up to, like you mentioned, Steve Jobs there as well. So to all of our listeners, thank you. I hope you've enjoyed uh, our first session to kick off 2021. It's been awesome. Hopefully there's a lot that you can take away, re-listen, take away, re-listen, take away, and hopefully that can generate a lot more ideas and probably creative ideas into your business. Um, if you want to check out Wade's website, Wade, give it a quick plug. It's theideasbusiness.com. Beautiful, theideasbusiness.com, mate. Thank you for joining us today. Um, again, I get the easy part. I just get the ability to ask some fantastic questions <laughs> and learn as well. And some of the stuff, again, that you've shared, I've taken away and I've learned. So um, thanks again for joining us today. And, mate, I wish you all the best, for, all the best should I say, for 2021. Pleasure, Thanks. Paul. And you've done the right thing. You've asked questions. You've been curious. I love it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Wade. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for joining us to listening to our Talking Numbers podcast. Um, we've got plenty of several big name guests to come. And obviously, if you've liked anything you've heard, please go back. Please like it. Please share it. Please comment on it. Um, and more importantly, if you like what we're doing, please make sure you check us out on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all our different socials, The Professional Partners, and you'll find us there. Thanks for listening.